What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Cooksley Convo, Season 3, Episode 6. And in today's episode, I sat down with one half of the Garza duo that Iowa Hawkeye fans are most familiar with, Frank Garza, father of Luca Garza. We first began talking about what we have seen so far from the Iowa men's basketball team this season. And then I asked him some questions about his relationship with Luca and how he has really helped his son get to the star potential that he has currently. And lastly, we had to end it off with the deep conversation about what the true meaning behind the phrase of let the peacock fly is. Now, I want you guys to stick around for this episode because at the end, I will be releasing what the plan is for the rest of the year. I have kind of changed things up last minute and um, just definitely be on the lookout for that. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Once again, stay tuned because I will release be releasing at the end of this episode my updated schedule for the rest of the season. And I will see you next time. There he is. Hey, what's up? What's up, Canyon, man? How you been? I like the background. Well, I thought it would be apropos yeah. uh, for our uh, for our talk today. I love uh, it. I also have this one here I like, you know, uh, the whole with the team. But, uh, yeah, with the team, a little uh, – Somebody did that. I don't know who did it, but it's uh, it's pretty um, it's it's pretty cool. But uh, should, which one you like better? Oh, I don't care. They should get a, a character for you. I know. I mean, what's the deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Super. Super. Well, hey, it, it was a crazy uh, crazy week for some some Hawkeye sports. Oof. Well, and uh, well, and uh, all sports in general, with all the cancellations too, huh? I mean, uh, it's um, it's quite a time, you know, and uh, and uh, you know how we respond to those times tends to define us as a people uh, and as a program. Uh, I think um, when I hear Coach K talk on football's behalf, uh, you know, and Fran and, uh, you know, uh, the women's basketball and, and whatnot, you really do see a, an excellence uh, there um, with all that. And that's, uh, you know, really impressive. I was gonna, uh, it reminds me of a quote, I'll share it with you. Um, where did I put it? Um, it says, uh, says, um, heart is a sea, language is the shore. Whatever's in a sea hits the shore. So Arumi, who's a 13th century poet, uh, um, very famous one, I, I read a lot of his stuff. Anyway, what I mean is that when um, times are, you know, adversity brings out the best or the worst in people. and. I think what you're seeing is a differentiation uh, between programs based on the simple fact that what's hitting the shore is coming from within. And um, it's just part of the, what I call the uniqueness of Iowa. And, um, and uh, you know, my and uh, Lucas and many others, uh, piece of heaven, 
like in the field of dreams. So, um, you know, crazy times, uh, things emerge when it hits the shore. And it, crazy times indeed. And I want to really, I guess, start the whole conversation before we even get into this year. You were obviously at the Big Ten tournament or planning last year. Oh, yeah. But what went down for your thoughts, you know, traveling and, and expecting to see the Hawkeyes play and then everything kind of fell, fell apart? Well, we had actually just had, um, you know, the news was just starting to break. NBA cancels. Boom. So whenever the NBA does something, you have to go with timeout. These guys are wizards. These guys and gals are unbelievable. They're the top of the top of the top of the top. So you sit around and go, Jimmy, what's going on? Um, and then that morning, I get a call from um, a dear friend in the, in the Big Ten you know, network that's uh, I've gotten to know him real well. I won't use his name in case that I violate any confidentialities. Anyway, he calls me and says, because I was going to be on some show or in the morning or you know whatever. says, well, guess what? We're not we're canceling the show. And I'm like, uh, well, there's really only one reason you'd cancel a show and that would be because there would be no game, <laughs> right? So I didn't react to that in any way. I just kept on hammering through because some games were being played, as, you, know, uh, you know, around the country. So um, we went ahead and just went through with a meditation uh, with Luca and Bakari at the time. And, uh, Went through that whole entire pregame routine and uh, literally right after we finished the meditation, it was official that uh, the, the tournament had been canceled and it was all over. And yet even then I was thinking, well, you know, they can still have it. They can still do it. I think everyone's, uh, you know, initial reaction was, uh, you know, certainly un, un, you know, or ill-informed or, or uninformed uh, because we even today, still don't know all the things we need to know. I, I was reading a report in South Korea where the, the virus actually traveled 20 feet and infected someone. 20 feet, you know? So anyway, it's still a lot of unknown, which opens itself uh, to misinterpretation. And remember, an opinion is the lowest human thought. A burp, a sneeze, Passing gas requires the same amount of thought as an opinion, you know, without it being researched out, without it being thought out. So we, we've seen a cacophony of, of, uh, of opinions. And as Robin Williams says, you know, opinions are like, you know what, everyone's got one. <laughs> uh, and so obviously, Luca, that was, you know, last year was the year that he really got the attention that I want to say he deserved because when he came to Iowa, I always felt like there was something special about him. And just a matter of time before that, you know, those, those qualities come out. And what was his, um, you know, conversations like with you after that, kind of taking away what could have been a, a phenomenal finish to a great season what did he say to you after those cancellations kind of occurred? Well, there's the, of course, the emotional roller coaster. Uh, I think of Ryan. I think of Bakari. You know, who every game was getting better and better and better. 
I think of Riley. I think of the managers that uh, were seniors at the time, and well as the whole team. So it wasn't just that Luca was on a on a high level elite performance, you know, uh, you know behavior, but the whole team was. And I believe this team would have uh, for sure made the Sweet Sixteen. And, and uh, with a this thing here and this thing there, could have been in the Final Four and had a chance to win it all. So it was. Um, you know, it was a huge um, drop off, but at the same time, you got to, you know, you got to gain some perspective on it, uh, Kenyon. For instance, there's a billion, roughly 400 million Chinese that don't even care about basketball. They don't even know what the BTN is. They, they got, so keeping in perspective, and then we have men and women suiting up every day, you know, defending this country. And, um, and in many cases, loss of life and, and, uh, or PTSD or some things that just come with that kind of a commitment for, for your country. And so you got to keep it in perspective. Oh, you couldn't play a game. Oh, wham. But at the other hand, there is the reality of the sacrifice and the effort to get, get the team to this point, overall expectations. So it was brutal in a way, but also in the karma of life, it, um, you know, uh, we're here now and with this great moment before us and uh, in the whole turn of things, uh, all things are meant to be the way they are. And they all work out best for those that make the best of how things turn out. Yeah, and that's a really good point because then after, you know, after that season kind of finished, then there were some questions. Is Luca going to go to the next level? What's the, you know, what's the future for the Hawkeyes? Because like you said, they're missing, they're losing some pieces. Uh, Jordan Bohannon was hurt. CJ Frederick was dealing with some injuries and what really was the future for the Hawkeyes? Didn't know who was staying, who was going. The off season. Did Luca, was Luca kind of a closed book about what he wanted to do or were you just because it seems like you guys's relationship is very close was he kind of talking to you about that about that throughout the entire offseason or is that like i'm going to keep it closed until it kind of gets to that point well uh well uh, well definitely we were talking about it all the time and uh, luca has a team uh, of advisors and board of directors it's something i recommended for everyone to have because when you're inside the, the jar, you can't see the label, right? So you need advisors, you know, you need folks that are going to point out those things that you just can't, you know, when you're inside the picture, you can't see the frame. So they just help you see it. So there was a long, exhaustive process about deciding which way to go. And so we explored each to its potential. Luca had a million dollars in Europe and a shoe deal. Luca had a chance to, uh, with a two-way contract that was certain. He had all those things on that one side and on the other was the great promise to do something in the state that's never been done before. And to get a chance to come back and play with guys like Connor McCaffrey, like CJ, you know, like J-Bo, you know, like Toussaint. I mean, I don't want to leave anyone out. I mean, all the guys, I mean, just, you know, but for me as a scorer, are you kidding me? Connor puts it exactly where it is and it's almost like, you don't even have to show a hand. He just knows where it is. And same thing with J-Bo. J-Bo, the pass in Tucson with his woo. 
and CJ with his solidness and Joe Wheezy, you know, and so, and Jack, I mean, all of them, I don't want to leave anyone out, but the point is when in your life again, Ken, you know, you're going to have that kind of scenario, you know, uh, with that kind of support and, and in a place that he loves and will always be a part of his, um, you know, tapestry of, of, of his life experience. And now with that off season, when I first reached out to you to hop on uh, the podcast, you kind of told me that you and Luca were in like full workout mode, you know, training, getting ready for the season. What was a big thing? Because you've, you've played, you've had a, a, a fair share of playing basketball in your life. What was one of the big things that you needed to work on with Luca to step up his game over the off season, get him, get him over that next level? Yeah. Well, good, great question, Kenyon. In other words, there are uh, the skills that would translate in the NBA and, and in the Big Ten were, you know, they weren't mutually exclusive. So uh, our focus on footwork, our focus on defense, our focus on stretching the court, you know, to his full potential. And I think I posted several of those. I couldn't show all the stuff because I don't want to give my competition or competition all of the all the secrets, but I want to give them enough where they sit there and maybe tremble at night the game before when they're playing Iowa going oh damn I got a guard 55 gee it Christmas I mean when I played I was a scorer so I'd have guys that would purposely not shower for a week wouldn't shave ate garlic before the game and came up and breathed all over me as a way to impact my ability to score which I loved I just love that stuff because guess who they're thinking about they're thinking about me and not what they should be doing right so I love all that stuff so <laughs> you know so from that standpoint, um, these were things that um, would work in both cases. And so the idea was to, in all decision-making canyon, to look at the total so that you have an informed decision. And then through a deep meditation, you know, the prayers for asking for stuff, meditation is listening for the answer, right? It's a, it's a way to, to tell, you know, to become familiar with yourself and, shut off all the outside stimulus and deal with the inner inner self, uh, the, you know, your higher self. So in any event, that uh, we pursued it fully. So that on the one hand, there's all this on this side. On the other hand, there's all this. Tons of risk in both scenarios, you know? And um, at the end of the day, our choice was, was um, principle over finance, you know, that the principle of coming back and being with his brethren that he loves and his coaching staff that he loves and Iowa City that he loves and the university that he he loves to come back and and give it his best shot give it his all so there's be no regrets no looking back no I wish I would have could have should have but to be able to look at it uh, with both eyes open and, and now a couple months pass a couple days and we are here in this season high, you know, high stakes for the squad, every, you know, all the pieces looking like they're coming together, got some great freshmen um, coming into the team. And then Jay, uh, Jay Bo's healthy. Wee's camp, Patrick McCaffrey got stronger. This team looks like an ultimate contender. Now, when I spoke to Fran McCaffrey, he said, what's going to correlate to success was, was the experience they have on the roster. What is your opinion? What are some things that make this team this year so special? Another great question. I would say uh, a couple of things. One is, um, 
you know, it really helps if you have an experienced squad in the Big Ten. It, it is a differentiator, you know, um, having like what Kentucky's experiencing, what Duke's experienced, a bunch of freshmen that haven't played it with each other and they're 18 years old, right? Just leaving home. I mean, you, you, don't forget that's a, you know, you know, it's a huge growth thing and, and, and it gets kind of washed over in sports, but you know, not like a student doesn't go through the same thing. Yeah, they do, but add on top of that, the pressures of performing and high expectations and the almost um, um, just, you know, just uh, outright um, abuse of be, you know, tweeting that goes on in, in the text, these players uh, for stuff that's really just completely, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the person inside. They're toxic. And the only way that they spew their toxicity to feel better is that they're addicted to that toxicity. So they got to spew it because they know no other way. So you got to remember in the great compassion, as the Dalai Lama tells us, is that you got to meet everyone where they are and, and, um, and to understand that that's what's going on. So from the bigger picture with COVID, with no fans, it actually uh, is to the advantage of a senior team and also a team that has high character. I'm not saying other teams don't have high character. They all do. But Fran has built this program on the right way, uh, on integrity, on principle over personality, on the things that we, we hold most dear. And so um, with all that in place, the fact that they know the offense and the fact that Frank can add a new play, and everyone goes, oh, yeah, I get it. It's not like, oh, I'm a freshman. I go, well, shit, like, what? You know? I mean, Fran doesn't give a playbook. You got to have it here, baby. You don't want anyone having this stuff, man. He's the mafia. He's the king mafia. You know, I, we, I, we went on the recruit trip to Louisville. I you know, met, you know, Mr. Petita. I'm sitting there going, well, Fran's the better mafia dude here, man. He's that. He's a total, you know, uh, you know, he's got it down, you know. So uh, this season favors that. And then with the added adversity of COVID, uh, having players that love each other that will be in each other's weddings, that will know each other for this life uh, is, a, is a huge intangible. It's a huge edge over the, the competition. And Fran, what's 11th year? This is 11th year, right? 11, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's now built a program that uh, serves the law of attraction, which is now folks are going, boom. You know, there's, Iowa's been mentioned in the DMV, you know, Washington, D.C., uh, more than any other moment uh, in the school's history. And uh, that's a great thing for the, for the program and the awareness. And you've got people now going, geez, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want some of that. Give me some of that field of dreams, you know? <laughs> and you bring up, you know, the love that they have for each other. And, you know, this last week, I got the privilege to call the Cyclone game. And when Austin Ash came in and he hit that three, like the, just the, you know, he sat on the bench the, the whole game, but when he came in, just the amount of energy and like, I could only imagine what the fans would have been like, but the teammates had his back. Everybody, it just seems like everybody has each other's back. Right. Well, you know, any team, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And these guys sweat together. They sacrifice together. And then, and with Ash's case, particularly they're rooming together. You know, five of them are in the same house. So they all love each other and care for each other and are contributing, you know, in order to be a successful team, you have to be willing to give up the me for the we. And uh, you see that in this team, not saying that sometimes they go for hero ball every once in a while or that's going on. I, 
But I think once that happens, it, it's immediate stop. Well, time out. Yeah, that's not what we're doing. Let's take a great shot, not just versus just a good shot. Let's let's do that, and and they adjust, and you've seen that, you know. And so, uh, of course, they're going to care when Nico gets in the game. They're going to care when Michael Bear gets in the game. They're going to care when Austin Ash gets in. They're going to care when Josh gets in the game, and um, uh, Aaron and uh, Tony and. Uh, Chris and, uh, and uh, you know, that great class with Keegan, uh, you know, leading the way there. Uh, they all care about that because they too were once freshmen. They too were once, you know, uh, starting at the, at the beginning. And so, you know, that's that high integrity, that high character uh, profile that uh, Fran recruits to. And this team, you definitely, you know, don't want to miss a game. And that makes me want to ask you the question. Have you missed a Hawkeye game? I missed one, you know, and the one in New York and um, actually the second one, the one that was in um, Indiana was snowed in at DC. So two on the total one, New York, you think I'd be able to make, but we had that huge snowstorm and the whole freeway was blocked down. I'm sitting on the freeway, cars <laughs> slipping all over the place, watching it on BTN plus, you know, and, um, and then Indiana, um, special place i wish you know well hopefully you know, you know right now minnesota rutgers uh, maryland most likely illinois won't even let parents in the game so every game is a blessing uh, to watch and to to be a part of um and to to witness uh, so but that's my commitment to my to my son in terms of what we're trying to accomplish uh in terms of him being the the best uh, basketball player that he can possibly be and you always have a sidekick with you. When I when I met you uh, at the North Carolina game, who's your little sidekick in the front row, in the front row with you? Well, I wouldn't. I'd be careful about a sidekick because that's Lucas' girlfriend. He may he may take offense to that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they, really, really, yeah, yeah. A sidekick might get him. Uh, you don't want to you don't want to upset the the peacock, man. He even come like come out and just you know flex on you or something. But um, no, uh, no, that's Maggie, and and she's such a sweetheart. Because I'm sitting there as if I was, you know, in practice coaching them, you know, so it's a little irritating, I would imagine, and somewhat maybe unforgiving because the level of experience in terms of what we've done together is um, comes out when we're when we're uh, we're playing. In other words, I intuitively know what he's going to do sometimes before he even does it, just like he does. So it's that that can only come through thousands and thousands and years and years of of. Uh, working together you say you, you know what he's you know you can you can just see uh what he's planning to do out on the court and with this last week against the cyclones did you know he was on fire when he was hitting those threes did you know he was well it's an interesting point because i tweeted out and no one's really picked up on the date stamp um i tweeted out before he went on that run and no one picked that up and i knew that luca who had to sit there for 10 minutes, 10, 11 minutes and eat it. Just eat the fact that he did something that is not like him. It's unlike him. In fact, he even said that his self-talk was that's not like me. And it isn't. Doesn't mean that sometimes you do something that's not like you, you just correct it, you know? And so I knew that he was going to get in the game and he was just going to lay it out there and let it fly. So I tweeted that before that run no one picked up on that you know and not that they should I, who cares but yes i knew he was going to make every minute count 
Not like what he did at Northwestern, remember. Northwestern last year. Da, 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 it came in and then within a few minutes went on a 20-point run or whatever it was. So, yeah, we practiced drills like that. We call it the Reggie Miller uh, drill. We're, you know, we had nine points in what, 11 seconds. We turned it around. We get 11 points in nine seconds to just take it to the next level because Reggie's a great, great role model, great player. And I played against him at UCLA. In fact, it's a funny story. Uh, he and I were leading the nation in free, free, uh, free throw percentage at the time. And, um, and uh, I'd watched him from afar. We were playing in Poly Pavilion. And uh, he was my guard. And so he doesn't remember this at all. But, but in any event, uh, he was my guard. So, okay, Reggie, I'm going to body you up. I'm going to muscle you up. Because I was, I mean, I ran the 40-yard dash in a day, right? You know, the seasons move faster than me, you know, on the basketball court. And so... I'm captain of every team I played on, so I'm out there at center circle. Hey, Red, what's up, baby? Boop, boop, boop. It was the last time I touched him. And I tried to touch him. I tried to muscle him. I'd go like this, he'd go that. I'd go like this, he'd go like that. That's incredible. But he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. And um, and I don't even know why I brought that story up. But uh, um, 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 anyway, I don't know why I brought the story up. But uh, anyway, you could. I love stories. I, I love yeah. stories. And, but, uh, oh, I know what it was because the Reggie Miller drill. That's why I brought the story. So Reggie's Reggie's in our practices. You know, you 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 know you look for those that are you know doing it at a high level. And so I've seen him, of course, score that many points in less time, uh, in nine seconds. You know, so uh, we do that drill five times, and he's got to make each one. So it's not something that's out of him. And in fact, he can shoot it from another two feet further out uh, and I've posted several videos where he sh shot it from the jump circle that's 40 plus feet right and so um, he has not yet shown all the things that will come with the season and the competition uh, because you react to what the what your opponent's doing you read an attack and so those will cause that to happen so um, now listen uh, CJ Weezy, uh, uh, who am I leaving out? Um, uh, Weezy, uh, CJ, Jabo, uh, all are capable of doing something like that too. So it's not just Luca, you know, but for Luca, in that moment of just going out there, I knew he was uh, going to let it let it fly and do it in a way that's unique to him. Yeah, and you said you kind of react how how the game goes. And now kind of going back to the, to the game prior on that Tuesday, the North Carolina game, it was, it was a hard fought battle for Luca because he, he was going up against, you know, competition that was kind of the same size, but he, he found a way to make it happen. Kind of just talk about what you kind of saw in that game, because it was a different Luca than everybody, you know, has seen before. It was kind of a more, um, kind of fundamentally sound. He did the, you know, he did the other things, not necessarily, not necessarily lighted up in the score column, but rebounds, blocks, defensive rebounds, you know, making the extra pass. He kind of showed he was capable of those things as well. Right. Well, North Carolina is a unique um, uh, opponent for a couple of reasons. One is a young kid. He wanted to, to be a Tar Heel. In fact, on those videos, I'll send you a picture afterwards of, of all the videos that we watched this when he was a kid. One was the 
was about the Tar Heels. And so he wore the jersey, he did da, da, the whole thing. So there was that childhood piece um, uh, that was there. Secondly, in college, Canyon, you can stop one player from scoring. You can make your demon. And that's what Roy Williams did. Roy, Roy Williams said, hey, we're not going to score. And it didn't work. I mean, everyone was behind him on a double team. Everyone's like, and by the way, he made a lay in here, a lay in there. He would have 26 points and made his free throw. So it would have been a similar night. But when you're up against 28 feet and over a thousand pounds with those four big guys and three of them all had four fouls right, on him. I think Roy Williams said he got fouled 66 times. I, I, that was about right. <laughs> you know, um, you get to see the depth of them. And then when, when they went on that, he went on that 10 point streak that really broke their back. And then when Keegan's tip on his little, you know, his miss on his, on his uh, reach back underneath the basket, it, it, it just shows you, you know, he's going to do whatever it takes uh, to win. That's what's unique about the team. And it's why we came back, you know, we're not going for the accolades. We're going for the wins. And now that means he's now look at that. Now con, uh, contrast that with Howard at Michigan. He said, fine, look, you get what you want. We're going to not let anyone else score. Right. So that's two different philosophies going on there. But now after showing Iowa State, any team that wants to work on taking away his inside, he's just going to foible because he'll go out the outside and kill you. And then what's your game plan going to be? Now let's play real basketball and stop cheating and triple teaming and quadrupling and fouling and rag. Play, play the game straight up. See if you can win that way. Is it fair to say he's the, the best uh, Garza basketball player in the family? Oh, I would say, you know what a light year is, right? In this, in, in astrology, how many, you know, it's a, it's something like a trillion miles or something like that. So, uh, you know, um, uh, by uh, light years, <laughs> or I should say parsecs, that would probably be better uh, term for it. He's that far ahead. And of course I want him to be, I, you know, what father wants to be better than his kid? I mean, hey, I mean, you're competing with the kid. No. And it's, you know, potentials like this, Canyon, you know, if you take a seed, like an apple tree seed and I put it on the table and I say, hey, grow, come on, get up, come on, blossom. What's the seed going to do? Nothing. But if you put it in soil, you water it, you nurture it and you make sure you don't put up a bottom to it so the roots can go wherever they go so the height of the potential will go wherever it is and that's what Luke is he's achieving potential um and uh and uh waves of potential based upon his sacrifice um to be the best that he can be and I mean what I mean by sacrifice well you know three or three three workouts a day that are grueling I can't show those videos Moms would be calling me up saying, oh, you're a guy. What are you doing to that kid? Uh, you know, hey, listen, it's not me. He wants it, right? I mean, come on. Hey, I'm just, you know. So from that standpoint, um, you know, yeah, he's by far uh, the best, uh, best hooper in our family, you know, both sides, you know, uh, so. <laughs> and where does he get the, the competitiveness from? Was he like that as a kid? Um, because you showed me when I when I talked to you before the North Carolina game that when they were stretching out, he was right at the the the, the half court line, kind of just you know sizing people up, making sure they felt his presence. Did he did he get that competition as a kid? Or well, it would be an understatement to say that we're competitive. <laughs> um, and so his cousins, three boys, uh, my brother-in-law, Tailman Alabegovich, uh, the leading, you know, the all-time leading scorer for Slovenian uh, basketball team, played at Oregon State with Gary Payton. 
my wife's um, uh, father, uh, Rafik Muftic, who uh, was a tremendous uh, human being, but a, a soccer goalie, played with Pele. But it, it just, uh, you know, 25 years of playing at, a, at the an elite level. Uh, and then on our side, my dad, you know, Grandpa Jimmy, competitive as all get out. I mean, even when Luca was a little boy, um, uh, my dad would kick the, you know, beat the shit out of him and win. Okay. Yeah. Luca wouldn't even let Luca score one point. Now, his dad is my dad. I early on, yeah, I'd let him score a point. I mean, he just can't take it. You know, one of the hate they gave up. My dad, no. Luca would go out for a shot. Boom. You just knock it out. They just like, I, Jesus. So, um, Luca, you know, uh, you know, became competitive as a result of not only that, but also uh, in working on the basketball, it, it requires that you compete if you want to be uh, any good. And you're not competing about anybody. You're not competing against the opponent. You're, you only compete with yourself. And that's a daily thing. You can choose not to compete with yourself and then just take whatever the outside dictates for you. Or you can compete with yourself and challenge yourself to become more than who you presently are. That that's really important. That's kind of what I remind myself, you know, with this with this podcast because I could easily just give up on it or you know not show up to this this uh, uh, episode or forget to release an episode every week. And then when you run you when you fall out of that uh, constant uh, schedule, you just things fall apart. Yeah, well, you know, even following up with me, coming down and doing that, that's all um, advocating for yourself. I mean, look at uh, David Eckholt and uh, look at Sean and look at those, you know, young guys out there just, or, or um, you know, my, my favorite Hawkeye angel, uh, Lucy. Hey, they're out, they're out creating the future. You know, the best way to predict the future is to create it. And so that's what you're doing with it and so i would encourage you to continue to do that because you will achieve exactly what you expect to thank you i i mean when i started this i had no clue where it was going to go i was interviewing friends and, and like teachers and now i'm interviewing fran mccaffrey frank garza the list goes on well that's a i'm flattered to be in that group <laughs> and so an interesting question that I wanted to ask, what parts of your game back when you played in college can you kind of see through Luca's game? Is there identical um, kind of ways you guys play? Oh, well, no, no, no doubt. I mean, he's a shooter. Uh, he's got shooting touches just like I, uh, you know, I have. He's got a far improved post game, you know, with – because we added in the Sigma and the Hakeem and Jabbar stuff. Now, he still hasn't had a chance to show off the skyhook. Uh, he's been practicing, practicing that his whole life, and, uh, and that's coming uh, when he gets individual coverage. So there are uh, – now, uh, so there is that basic fundamentals that certainly, you know, uh, are a reflection of, of uh, what, the way I played. And then he's taken it to a new level where, where Luca has his own distinct way of playing. He is um, – way more of a team player than I was. My thing was this, on my team, everyone knew who was the best shooter, who was the best scorer. And if you took a bad shot, you didn't hear from the coach, you heard from me. Because I'm not running 94 feet, Kanan, to watch you throw up some garbage you couldn't even make without anybody guarding you. You would hear it from me first. I, I'm captain out there, man. You don't take a bad shot. I'm running 94 feet, baby. You get the ball right here. 
And if I can't score, then I'll help you score. But the number one option is me scoring. <laughs> okay. And that's just how it is, you know, because I worked harder, further, and I proved it every day in practice. Hey, anybody want to play me today? Anyone mad enough to play me? Let's have a shooting contest. So if you don't want to play, fine. My three pointer is better than your land. Let's shoot 100 of them and see. So no one had any doubt when I'm on the court who you were going to feed because we were playing to win, not just to run up and down and sweat. So there is that part of the game that you look at what's happening with the uh, even Iowa's women's basketball. They're finding Caitlin. They're creating offers just like they did with Megan. This is a team that knows what's going on. And same with our team. They know what's going on. We, now we have many scores. So it's not just have to be Luca. But listen, I'm going to go where I throw it in. And my Luca's 99% shot inside is better than someone's 40% from outside. And that's just math. The other math is if it goes inside and then outside, there's a 70 plus, 70 plus percent greater chance that you make it than if you just throw it out from the outside, period. So I would never do that on a team because I'm here to win. We're here on a mission. We're not here just to sweat and run up and down and giggle. We're here to win. And they are, they are doing just that. It's, they are. It's crazy. Um, just the way that Hawkeye sports have developed over the years. I remember growing up, you know, some, some troubles that head coach Fran McCaffrey had with his team. And now this year, it's like a completely like new ball club. And you kind of touched on that with the experience, with the love that they have for each other. This team is, is just very special. And when I, when I go on Twitter, when everybody, when, somebody ever tweets something about the team or tags you, you always respond with the peacock emoji. Now I want to get into it. Your background's a peacock. What is the whole, let the peacock fly peacock. Like Luca's a peacock. What, what's the meaning behind all this? Where did it start? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, it's um, I, you know, it's the barstool gang that kind of, uh, you know, they retweeted out that CBS thing that kind of lit this whole, this whole, uh, you know, where we are today with it. I had peacocks and growing up, we had peacocks, ostriches. So, I mean, I'm a bird guy. My last name Garza and actually in, um, in, in the Spanish language is, uh, is a heron, a blue heron or an egret or a stork. So it's a, look at my nose. It's like a beak. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I turn, I hit my nose in the door. I have to watch out when I turn, I have to kind of lean back to turn. You know, I could be a, I could play a, 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 an album if they made them anymore. I just put my nose down there and it would just work. So I'm kind of bird, birdish. I, you know, uh, from that standpoint, now I could never fly, right? right? I mean, you know, I mean, my flying would be, you know, I mean, I don't even think I had an inch jump reach. I mean, I, I you know, I, that's why I never injured myself playing. I, I, you don't leave the ground, can you? You can't injure yourself. You know? <laughs> So, um, and by the way, all my leaper friends now are on crutches or they have had three hip replacements because coming down from three feet in the air, four feet in the air, is like 600 pounds of pressure. Bang, that's hard on the hips, hard on the knees. So, you know, thank God I, you know, I couldn't jump, you know? So, um, so anyway, um, without question, I, I, I love peacocks. I've got peacocks all, all over the place in, in my house and always have. I, I love the, you know, the, you know, the, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, I love birds in general. So the let the peacock fly statement. Now, certainly there's the uh, reference to the other guys, that movie, 
you know, where the guy, oh, I got to let the peacock fly. Well, that only amplified my, you know, love of the peacock. And I, and, you know, so, so getting to, 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 to answer your question, you know, let the peacock fly has to do with um, not letting what you can't do get in the way of what you can do. You know, in other words, rather than focus on, oh, I can't do this, or I'm too slow, or I'm not good at school, or I, I'm not fast, or I'm doing this and that, we turn that focus on, okay, well, then what can we do? And then let's do that. And then we'll work on our weaknesses uh, in practice, but we're going to focus on our strengths and shy away from our weaknesses because we want our best self forward. So letting the peacock fly is a, is a tribute to, for everyone out there today, don't let what you can't do, as John Wooden would say, get in the way of what you can't accomplish. And if you do that, and your focus and intentions on that, you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. And so you look at the game. The game favors, of course, length and quickness, but everyone can contribute. Muggsy Bowes, you know, or, you know, or, or as high as... Uh, Big George Marison, you know, the seven foot seven dude, you know, and a, a great family friend. So everyone can contribute a verse, everybody, because there was no one like you, Kenyon. What you say and how you do it, no one else will say it and do it just like it. So we all got our inner peacock that we got to let out and to fly. And so my dad and I, you know, I, had, I went to a, a, a Wisconsin football game as an away game with my dear friend, um, Kerry Ash and his buddies, Brownie and, you know, just, you know, I don't want to forget anybody. Anyway, so I'm walking around there and I'm hearing, hey, let the peacock fly, let the peacock fly. It's like, you know, and I'm not the brightest light. In fact, I'm Captain Dummy, actually. But after a period of time, I hear it about 200 times. I'm like, hey, Dummy, uh, it sounds like there's maybe some interest in doing something. So we created, my dad's had a nonprofit uh, Called the Golden Gate Shootout. We've been doing basketball camps for the last 25 years in the summer and stuff like that. And he spearheaded all that. And so we said, hey, let's do something special since this is an Iowa thing that we create. And so he runs it. He signs all the checks and runs it and all. I said, I'm just the, you know, the head peacock. I'm the, the, the symbol, perhaps. And so um, we said, hey, how about we do something special here? So 55, which is kind of a you know, unique number. 55% goes to the, the public school teachers. Not that private shouldn't get it and not that zero through six, but for me, seven through 12 are, uh, is a period of time where the teachers uh, that I experienced in my life experience were, were, were my heroes that, uh, that uh, looked out for me, that uh, cared for me, that uh, uh, made sure that I was focusing on what I could do and versus what I couldn't do. And they, are uh, with me today, even though most are now in heaven. And so I wanted to honor that contribution uh, from them uh, by supporting the, the, um, uh, the teachers. So 55% goes to the teacher, 45% goes for our Elevate program for youth, which is teaching the things that the inner game of basketball, of life, you know, you're only gonna perform on the outside that's consistent with your inner self. You can't force it from the outside. It's got to come from inside out. Basketball's an inside out game. Life's an inside out game. So in other words, actions are manifestations of belief. Remember the Rumi quote I said at the beginning. The heart is the sea. The shore right, is the language. What hits the shore comes from within. So 
from all of that, we created this thing. And last year we sent out all the money to all the teachers. We didn't do any free elevate because why? Because of what was going on. I mean, you know, the pandemic, these teachers are coming out of pocket for their own school supplies. They do it because they're heroes. Every one of them's a hero. And just like they were in my life and in Luca's life and uh, still today. So it was our way to uh, contribute in some way to um, what, uh, what, what Lucas received. And I want to say a shout out to all those folks that when we were first came in as freshmen and uh, were unknown and people were like, who's this guy from DC? And what's he, why is he taking Cordell's starting position? And who is this guy? You know, cause Cordell was going to start is, you know, that was, was even on the program guide, right? Well, Luca had a different idea um, about that. And so, those folks and, and all of them, but really those folks that just accepted us and looked out for Luca and, um, and cared for him, um, you know, dear to my heart. And uh, some of those were teachers. And so um, it's only fitting that uh, um, this stuff stays in Iowa and, uh, and benefits uh, everyone here uh, to the extent possible. Well, you know, that, that really shows what the Gar Garza family is about. That, that's awesome. Yeah. And thank you. And you, you talk about, um, you know, things you have to accomplish in your inner, inner self. What are, I want you to go deeper into that because you seem like a down to earth kind of guy. What are some things, you know, every individual has to be able to accomplish inside themselves before they can do anything out on the outside? Well, it's a, it's a, a very insightful question. Well, first off, let's just take a look at it. Um, most coaches, because they just don't know better, focus on the outside skills. Dribble better, shoot better, play defense better, move your feet, do that. But what they fail to recognize is that you're only going to perform on the inside in a manner that's consistent with the inside. So, we already do it naturally, Ken. Can you? We already do it naturally. So, in other words, what we what we forget because we not haven't been introduced to it and uh, or we haven't been taught it is <clears throat> we think that the outside determines the inside, or the outside determines my performance, and that's just false. Recall back to perhaps your first day of school when your mother was telling you about it, Ken, and oh, you're going to have friends and we're going to get you some fun clues. And hey, how do you like that backpack? Oh, I like it. I like that thermos. Oh, I like it. And all she was doing was painting the future inside you first so that you look forward to it. You anticipated it. You couldn't wait for school to start. And she'd have to say, hey, Kenyon, school doesn't start till September. It's only July. Settle down. Or your first Christmas. You wouldn't even sleep, maybe for days, because you couldn't wait to see it. That's all inside, thinking about the future and create it. And more importantly, anything in your life that you achieved or didn't started on the inside first. Whether or not you pass that exam or not, whether or not you pass your driver's test, you know, whether or not you went out and accomplished this and you were good in that. You know, you hear so many people say, geez, I'm not good at tech. Well, I'm not good at math. Well, guess what? The inside will say, okay, Canyon, I'm a servo mechanism. I follow your command, whether it's good for me or not. 
And so when one comes exposed to how to train from the inside out, which, in other words, let me put it this way again. You can't see your potential with your eyes open because if you could, you'd be achieving it. It requires that you close your eyes, that you lower your heart rate 10 to 15 beats a minute, which comes from our superpower that we all ignore, not all, most of us ignore, which is our breath. When you were born, Canyon, you're the first thing your doctor did when, when your mother found out she was pregnant with you, is the doctor sits down with her and he or she would say, put away the EKG, put away the thermometer, blood pressure, put that away. I'm gonna teach you how to breathe because it gives life or it takes it away. So for instance, Canyon, how long can you live without food? I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't tried it. <laughs> Maximum about three weeks, right? Okay. <laughs> how long can you live without water? It's probably shorter than that. Yeah, like three days. The more <laughs> older you are, the, the worse it becomes. How long can you live without a breath? One. So how often do we practice eating? How often do you practice drinking? And how often do you consciously, with intention, practice breathing? So number one rule for inside training is close your eyes, slow down the breath. And we teach this, we call them pranayama exercises. This is the science of breath. It's our superpower. It's our superpower that we just unknowingly and non-consciously give away, right? When you're stressed out, your heart rate goes up, your breath shortens, you can't focus, and you're fight or flight. When you slow down the breath, when you lower the rate, you can see all potential, all possibilities. For instance, you ever seen a martial artist uh, fight, like a real, you know, they're not up jumping around two bits, four bits, chest bumping. No, they're in the lotus position. They're breathing because they're going to get ready to kill you. And they need to be at their best to stop what you're doing and use it against you. You can't do that cranked up. You got to be calm, what we call a state of calm confidence. That part inside you that knows that everything's okay, regardless of what happens on the outside. Regardless of what happens on the outside, this is me. And so it's a difference. It's the soul that drives thoughts. It's the soul that is the sea, right? And so much of us in, in many of the, in the Eastern books, they talk about uh, like a um, horses, like you got a slew of horses and you got your carriage. What happens is your ego sometimes is the one determining about where you go, right? It just runs off, right? The, thought, the mind's a thought machine, going over here, going over here, going over there. No, bring in the reins by going inside and from within determining the direction that you go versus being led around by reactionary things or outside things or ego-driven things, which is not the soul, it's not, the soul can't be offended. <laughs> the ego can. So that's what, you know, I don't maybe went too deep. <laughs> no, but I can listen to this for, for hours. <laughs> but keep in mind, anything real was imagined first. That, 
that that hits home that uh, I don't I don't know where else I can go with this I mean I think this this last 50 minutes was more than I expected and I honestly appreciate it <laughs> well you're welcome Frank I want to thank you for this I know I have I already have a feeling that this episode's going to be a hit I don't want to get ahead of myself but when I kind of sneak peeked uh, last week that we, we might be getting something together, I was getting messages that was like, oh, Frank Garza. <laughs> so, and then, you know, down the road, we talked about it. Let Luca get through the season and, and we might have a return with, with both of you guys back on. And, and yeah, talk. No, he'd love it. You know, he'd love it. You know, the season now with everything going on and stuff, it's just like his primal focus. Yeah. His prime directive. Um, and you must be tunnel vision, Canyon, in that moment because um, distractions uh, take, take you um, uh, away from the mission. And so, uh, yeah, definitely count on it. All right, perfect. Well, have a blessed week. You know, go Hawkeyes. Big game this weekend against yes. Gonzaga. I know, I know you'll probably be watching. I'll be... I'll be watching and rooting for the Hawkeyes as well. So, well, did you know that Idaho uh, was to play Gonzaga like uh, last night, but it was canceled. When I was at Idaho, we played Gonzaga, and unfortunately, Johnny Stockton was playing for them. He was a senior when I was a junior, so you know they whipped us, but we whipped up on them. So I have a personal grudge uh, against um, Gonzaga. When I played in my high school, a couple of, of uh, the players that I played with played at Gonzaga. I didn't even get re- I didn't even get a recruit letter. You know, uh, Luca didn't even get a recruitment letter. And he was in New York doing that mini NIT is is uh, start of his uh, he was a, a high school uh, sort of his uh, before his senior year. And Gonzaga was there. They even saw him. They, we were in the stand, stay in the hotel. I didn't even get one letter, one recruit. So every decision comes with a consequence. So we'll see how it rolls. <laughs> Right on. And, and, I, and I have no doubt in my mind that, that the Hawks will get it done in, this weekend. It, it was going to be an exciting weekend. You kind of touched on it with, you know, Iowa playing to play Michigan, but that fell through as of, as of right now. So, I mean, so far so good with this game for, for the, the men's basketball team. So let's just cross our fingers and, and hope yeah. we can just ride into the sunset and get a victory. That's all we can do. All right. Well, thank you. Right. Frank. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed week. Happy holidays. And I will talk to you soon. Super. All right. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. All right. Go Hawks. How's it going, guys? I hope you enjoyed that episode with Frank Garza. Like I mentioned in the intro, there's going to be a switch up schedule wise to close out season three. I have decided to push everything back until the first Sunday of January, January 3rd. That will be when Season 3, Episode 7 is released the 3rd of January. This time of the year is one of the craziest times of an entire year with the holidays, kids coming back from school, families traveling, celebrating the new year. I wanted to let you guys do what you do as well as myself. I will be coming home from school, catching up on life, and taking a mental break, getting my mind right, and capable of finishing this great season. 
The year of 2020 has definitely been a roller coaster with ups and downs, but from the help and support from you guys, I've got through it. And I hope this podcast has done the same for you. You guys helped me get the Cooksley Convo to where it is at currently. Whether it be retweets, listens, comments, purchases, whatever you guys did to have a part of this podcast, I want to say thank you. I want to say I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm just a kid with a dream, and you guys are helping me live it. The year of 2021 is going to be better than this year of 2020. I have it in my notes. I scribbled it, big letters, bold letters. It's going to be better. Year of 2020 was the beginning, the start of the Cooksley Combo, and the year of 2021 is when we hit it out of the park. Grand slam, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, gone, no doubt. That's what this year is going to be like for this podcast. So for one last time in this crazy, hectic year, the Cooksley Combo is out, and I will talk to you soon.